Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting. This is Episode 7. Today's episode is about how to capitalize on your 8A status. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. If you would like a copy of today's show notes, please go to federalcontractingmadeeasy.com or byerlyenterprises.com slash education and go to the blog. After you apply for the 8A program, you need to have a strategy in place so that you can capitalize on your status. After all, your certification only lasts for nine years. I'm going to give you two strategies that you can use to go after and become a successful 8A company. I've had businesses, successful 8A companies, former 8A companies use these two strategies and they've been very successful. The first strategy is very simple. You come in with at least at least $500,000 in bonding and you to start marketing to the government and you market, market, market. So you start off with small projects. You maybe get something at 50000 You double it. You go after something for 100000 100000 to 200, 200 to 400. You get the idea. You just keep doubling it and increasing the projects that you do and your past performance. I've seen companies be able to do this very successfully, right? Next way is you go ahead and find yourself a mentor. You need to find a mentor that you can trust. This is not the most easiest task. If you already have businesses that you work with and they would be great for a mentor, then approach one of those. If you already have a relationship, that's that's a biggie. If you have a relationship with somebody, you trust somebody, you've been doing business with them, then select that business. If you don't have anybody in mind and you need help, then you're going to want to do some research and we'll discuss that. But the first thing you really need to do is figure out what assistance do I need help with? Do I need help with working capital? Do I need help with bonding? Do I need help with estimating? Do I need help with project management? Or is it proposal writing that I'm having a hard time with? You need to go through and list all the deficiencies in your business that you are going to want your mentor to help you with. Now, put that list aside. The next thing you're going to want to do is spend some time on USA Spending and research companies in your industry. Come up with a list of the top 10 companies and then research these companies' websites. Ask yourself, does their business philosophy match my business philosophy? If it doesn't, cross those off the list and go to the next one on the list. Get down to about the top two, one or two companies that match your business philosophy. Now ask yourself, do you know somebody that works for that company? If you do, ask yourself the second question, are they high up in the company? If they are, then take them to lunch and ask them. And you can come up with the questions. They're fairly easy. Ask them questions that will tell you whether their business philosophy matches yours. Do you know a subcontractor that works for that company? talk to them. They're probably even a better person to ask because they're going to be able to provide firsthand knowledge. Ask them, do they pay you quickly or are you always 60, 90 days out from payment? 
ask him, um, did they always change the, are they difficult to work with? Did they always change the scope of work on you at the last minute? This will sometimes happen, but not on a regular basis. If possible, become a subcontractor and experience firsthand how they treat you. Nine times out of 10, that is going to be the best way to find a possible mentor. Begin building a relationship with the firm. So once you get down to your one or two top potential mentors, then you're going to want to set up a meeting with the decision makers. Now, prepare ahead of time and tell them the benefits that they will receive from the relationship. You don't want to go in and tell them, well, I need help with this, 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 that, and the other. That's going to turn them off. You want to go in and sell them on us working together. We have the opportunity to go after contracts that you would not be able to go after elsewhere. And these contracts are, and you go through and you list them. So you need to sell them on it. And that's something you got to figure out on your own. You know, you're asking that mentor to provide you with a lot of assistance and that mentor is going to want something in return. That's why we're going to start off that way first. It may take a number of meetings and that's okay. You know, I, I prefer that if, if the mentor is actually taking a number of meetings, then they're serious about it. And They want to make sure that before they commit, they have the time and the resources available to help you. Also, take that possible mentor and go meet with your SBA representative. They prefer it that way. They want to meet with somebody that you're being a proposed mentor. Ask them if they've ever had a business use that potential mentor before. They may not be able to tell you everything, but you'll get an idea of whether or not that mentors trustworthy or not. Always a good idea to talk about red flags. And red flags, if the mentor brings up any of these things, then bail. Don't don't stay with that mentor and cut the relationship. The sooner you cut the relationship, the better. So if your intuition tells you there's something wrong, that you just don't feel comfortable with the relationship, then bail. Don't stay in that relationship. It is always best to err on the side of caution. After all, a mentor-protege relationship is not the only way to succeed in the 8A program. All right, so let's talk about these red flags. Verbal agreements. If the mentor insists on a gentleman's agreement, then walk away. If the mentor insists on controlling the project, then walk away. Project's in your name and you're the prime contractor and the mentor is trying to control it? Uh-uh, No. You're looking like a pass-through, and that's going to lead to a possible investigation, IG investigation, everything else. You don't want to go down that road. Walk away. Who's submitting the proposal? Is the mentor the one that does all the proposal and sends it to you with 30 minutes or less left and says, hey, it needs to be the contracting office now? No. No, that's your job. You need to be the one help writing the proposal. Does it mean your mentor can't assist? No. Does it mean your mentor can't have input? No, but it just means that you need to be controlling the project, guys. And that talks about it. You know, we I think I, I beat up on the control issue pretty well there. So let's talk about the profits. Is the mentor the one that's getting all the profits? Are you losing money on the job? If you're losing the money on the job and the mentor's getting all the money, then that's a red flag to me and tells me, hey, I need to bail. This relationship just is not working out because they're basically using you as a pass-through, and that's a red flag. Bonding. For construction companies, bonding is, you know, bonding is a lifeline of the business, right? It's not working capital. Usually they have working capital. They just don't have the bonding. If the mentor uses their bonding as hostage and says, it's my bonding at risk, 
I need to be in control of the project. I need to be making all these decisions. Then you need to bail because that's not how this works, okay? You need to be able to say, hey, I understand it's your bonding at risk, but I need the bonding. And I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize your bonding. I'm going to work right there with you. You're going to have oversight, but you're not going to, but I need to be calling the shots and let's work together on this. And there's ways you can do that. The next red flag is who controls the books. If the books are being controlled by the mentor, then that's a red flag. Okay. And then who's in, again, who's in control of the project. If you're acting as a pass through, then that's a red flag also. So those are the negatives. Those are the red flags that you need to think about that you need to be honest with yourself and say, I'm not going to do that. It's your, you know, your business philosophy, your business ethics are on stake here. And the last thing I would want to do is go against anything I ethically think is a violation. And then we're going to talk about preparing your business plan. So you remember that list of items that you needed assistance with? You're going to go back and pull those now and you're going to put those in your business plan. As an 8 company, you should know that your business plan is written on an SBA form 1010C. You can easily obtain this by doing a search through one of your favorite search engines. Go out and put SBA Form 1010C. You can download it. It's usually a Word document. They may have a PDF version out there. And you need to gather all those items that you're going to need assistance with and put it into your plan. Now, your mentor-protege agreement and your business plan go side by side. They work together. So make sure you spend some time at your SBA office and talk to your local representative about the best way to prepare that plan for them. Now, once you have been approved for the 8A program, then you're going to meet with your SBA representative for an initial 8A orientation. During this meeting, you're going to hand to your SBA representative the following documents. You're going to hand them your SBA Form 1010C, or otherwise known as your business plan, you're going to hand, hand to them your mentor-protege agreement and all supporting documents. And you're also going to hand to them a joint venture, an 8A joint venture. And they're going to knock their socks off them because they're going to be really astonished that you're doing all this, by the way. So work on your joint venture. Now, you can get these documents from your local SBA office. They will walk you through the process. If you have a mentor that is a small business, then you do not have to wait for the mentor-protege agreement to be approved. You can just go ahead and use that joint venture right away and start marketing it. If your mentor is a large business, then you're going to have to wait and not be able to market that joint venture until that mentor-protege agreement is approved by SBA. And it has to go to SBA headquarters in D.C. So it can take six to eight weeks before throughout the whole process. Just want to give you a heads up there. The other thing I need to mention is that the mentor-protege agreement is not a contracting vehicle. Please, please do not try to use it as a contracting vehicle. It is not. It is just a formal agreement between two parties to provide technical managerial assistance. The contract vehicle is the joint venture, the teaming agreements, and the prime subcontractor agreement. Those are your contracting vehicles. Please get that straight in your mind. So the next step, after you have your joint venture and you go after some projects, you want to choose projects that you feel comfortable with. 
but they want to be a little challenging to you. So if you've never done federal work before, and you've done projects of a couple million, going after a $500,000 project is not going to be that scary. So you're going to do it. The mentor's going to help you with how the government does things. And that's fine. That's what he's there for. And that's why you're using that joint venture. So you're going to go after the smaller projects, which is great. You're going to go after, so say, if, if you've done business up to two or three million, you're going to go after a 500,000. Next one's going to be a million. And then you're going to keep doubling them and going on until you get to that past that four million for services, seven million for manufacturing, and then you're going to use joint venture two and three to capitalize on those. In between times, between that four million or seven million and whatever you're comfortable presently doing, you're going to use what's called a teaming agreement. If you don't know what they are, get a hold of your SBA rep. Okay? That is basically the strategy you want to use. So when we talked about the first strategy, again, the first strategy is you just go out, you get a contract, you double it every time. You go out and you try doubling every contract. In order to do that, you need bonding of at least 500000 I have seen companies come in without bonding of 500000 and it, they just struggle. And you really don't want to struggle. You want to capitalize on it, and that's why we're discussing this. These have basically been the two strategies that I've discussed today. The one is doing it yourself without a mentor. The other one's doing it with a mentor. And both of them you can do very well with. You've just got to be very aggressive. And when you capitalize on your 8A, you need to have enough commercial work to support you so that you can spend the time to do the other stuff. And you need to have be able to have enough personnel in the business that you can that are running the business on the commercial side so that frees you up so that you can spend the time to market to the government. If you don't have that in place and you try coming in, you're going to be on what I call the typical roller coaster. You're going to come in, you're going to get a job, and you're going to see your revenue go up, and then you're going to see your revenue go down for the next month because you completed that job and now you're marketing for the next one. Please, we don't want to do that. Please listen and do what's told in the podcast and you should be able to do fairly well. That's it for this week's podcast on capitalizing on your 8A status. If you found this podcast useful and beneficial, please subscribe, please rate it, and please tell others about the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. Podcasting does cost money, and any way that you can um, refer more people to me, that is all I'm asking for. Next week's topic is going to be on the HubZone program. And as always, guys, be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks.